Here's your host, Alex Garrett. All right, well, my interview today will actually probably go into the 9 a.m. hour, but I wanted to bring on, firstly, on Keep It Real with Alex Garrett, welcome to today's show. I wanted to bring on my new buddy, uh, radio host, Mike Myers, for a daily check-in. So, Mike, tell me if you like this idea. I know you may or may not watch CNN. I don't watch it often, but I've watched enough to see the handoffs between hosts when one host throws it to the other when they start their program. I thought, why not try that with you? Obviously, they were doing it a little earlier, but how cool of a concept. If I went live at 8 and threw it to you for 9, I think that would be a pretty cool system to start. I think it's an incredibly great idea. Because, And you know what I was thinking? Maybe you agree or disagree. But I think we should have like a podcast channel of 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. programming, like one an hour, a podcast or an hour going live, handing it off to each other. It would be so cool. Well, and and the the concept that I really love is the fact that you're you're in New York. Right, yes. I'm in central Iowa. I mean, things are a lot different in New York when you did your your show from the uh, subway. Well, that's I don't know what a subway looks like except a sandwich. <laughs> I got to show you a video I made too because Subway on Wall Street is actually uh, – there's an actual Subway restaurant next to the Subway station. And I thought to myself, what a product placement if I've ever seen one. So, uh, <laughs> so no, and those subs are damn good. Someone told me it's not healthy. I'm like, it's healthy enough for me. I'm going to enjoy it. <laughs> I was going to say you only live once, but for those of us that are uh, children of the king, it's an eternity. Isn't it wonderful? You know, I guess to touch on the the Good Friday thing, um, what's so good about Good Friday? I mean, Christ was crucified that day. Well, what, 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 I don't get it. Why is that good? That's always been the question. Although I tell you the weird thing is I woke up at dawn and um, I was like, this is so weird because this is the time Peter – Denied Christ. Why am I waking up at this time exactly? It was very strange to me to look at the sunrise wow. and think at that oh. moment, Peter was. It was a very weird thing that I was seeing as I woke up this morning. You are stirring up in me some stuff. Uh, I Sunday mornings, well, Easter morning, I would sit on top. I, there's this one place I would sit when I first, when I got saved, did, when I came to faith in Jesus. I'd go to this park and sit up on top of this hill, and I would watch the sun come up. And it was like, what an incredible reminder, because he is risen, as we know, risen indeed. But for me, this I don't particularly celebrate. You know, that's why when you asked about uh, this morning when I read your message about Good Friday, I'm thinking I might not be the kind of guy that he thinks I um I'm I'm kind of a Matthew 24 or 7:24 7 hours a day no 7 days a week 24 hours a day kind of he's on my mind like and I'm not saying that in a braggadocious way uh, it's just this I'm I'm addicted to Christ we're going to well, talk about addiction well, that's why I want to talk about it because I thought you might have some thoughts on Good Friday that's why I want to bring you on and are you going to talk about that during the show as well today about addictions well, yes no, absolutely well, about yeah, about that's what we're going to talk. Oh wow! Well, no, this gentleman uh, Jeremy Davenport uh, is somebody who uh, is employed at a place called the Rose Center, 
and it's a uh, it's an adult drop-in place for uh, for folks that have mental issues, which pretty much includes everybody, I think. <laughs> and um, we're going to talk about addictions. He's definitely a, a follower of Christ, and it'll be a very interesting show and we're doing it in the studio so we're gonna try to do the safe thing you know i'm probably breaking a law here um well we better so not let be... iowa police find out that you're having someone in your house uh, during the show <laughs> that's not funny you know what they're doing at walmart right no what what are they doing they're only allowing so many people in i think it's All like time. Yep. Uh, yeah but i mean we're talking this humongous store in boone iowa and people are having to wait for the nod to go in and somebody else comes out. I, I, I'm having trouble just being out because, like I said yesterday, and we, you've been you're talking about anxiety and don't you know be anxious for no thing. And I see how some folks are responding, and I'm like, I think I might just stay home and do some things that need to get done. I mean, does that sound weird? Well, I want to put a brighter spot. At least Costco is allowing first responders to cut the long lines there. So I know that... Oh! Yeah, and I just thought you just triggered that reminder. I mean, it's to let people know if you are a first responder and need something, Costco's letting you cut the line, which is a great thing. Um, but yeah. But I get it. I get it. Why, when you see all this doom and gloom, why step outside with the chance of getting something? I get I get it. So hopefully May 1st is here sooner than later, you know? And... Um, yeah, it kind of gives a different meaning to the word Mayday, Mayday, those yeah. words. Yeah. And I'm I'm getting my uh, my new flagpole repaired. <clears throat> it's having trouble staying up. And I have the American flag, the USA flag, and right below it the Trump flag. And like I think I told you, I've taken some flack for this. I mean, it, everything's Trump's fault. I don't get it. It's very strange. Well, so Jeremy Davenport, and then, of course, yeah. the channel that we can find you on is Radio Hope. And now when you stream live, do you announce that on Twitter and Facebook and elsewhere? I think it automatically goes on Twitter, and then it automatically goes to uh, – I have a Facebook page called Radio Hope. It, it Primarily, it's just on um, Twitter and Facebook, and I'd love to get this out there more, not because – so I can have bigger numbers, but you and I know hope, faith, hope, and love, the greatest thieves is love – no wonder people are freaking out. Yeah, because they're not being I mean, told there's hope out there. That's the problem. Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to throw something out to you that I think is really neat. I was talking to Ed the other day, and uh, we we're, were actually talking about you. I don't know if your ears were itching. But you do have an incredibly positive outlook on stuff, and I, it's catchy. And I would like to have that same kind of, uh, you know, hey, did I get some hope on you? Well, and you've I inspired me to wake up and do something more than just guess <laughs> every couple of days. You've inspired me to really start building something with you, firstly, as a podcast to podcast, and say, hey, I've got this great friend coming up. And you've inspired me to get stuff done earlier at 8 a.m., so thank you for that. And, and your words are inspiring, too, and just everything about the way you operate. And I'm... I love the way you commit to podcasting every day. I wish I had that commitment, and you're striking that fire in me now. Well, you know what? As I was cleaning stuff off of my desk here, guys, I got a couple of other microphones and putting stuff on my pool table that's loaded now with stuff, and I can't play pool. 
I'm thinking, I don't, you know, I am just grateful for this fellowship that's developing between you and I. I am just, it's just, what, and what a great time for this to happen in a world that just seems so chaotic. And we know that we're united in that same, you know, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one spirit. It's just uh, one body. It's just powerful. And by the way, could Easter not come at the most perfect time right now in the way everything is going? I think his presence is going to change things. I really, really believe it. I think it already is. I think these, you know, number of intubations declining. I think people off ventilators that are off ventilators. That's a godly thing right there. And so we're seeing that in Holy Week. Yeah, and there you go. But, you know, Holy Week. I mean, I I didn't know what the whole just behind Advent is. I'm I'm somebody, I have a friend of mine that's over in Spain, and he'll be doing an Easter message this Sunday morning at 8 Central Daylight Time here on the Radio Hope Show. Oh, by the way, if you go to radio, if you just put radiohopeshow.com, it takes you right to the speaker page. That's great. That is really good. And what I was going to say is, I forget, oh, he, evidently, I think Martin Luther had said this a few years ago, preach the gospel to yourself every day. What great news. Oh, I get pumped at times. I just get so excited. <sighs> I need this. this. Like I said, that's why I do this every day, because I tend to struggle with being down. And uh, there's one who, as long as I keep looking at him, looking to him, there you go. If he be if he be lifted up, I'm, I'm like you. I hope the whole world is drawn to him and what it, know they know what it means to to live. I mean, the giver of life, just amazing. Hey, Mike. So I Radio, sounds, Radio Hope, you are on every day, not just Monday through Friday. Every day, I hit the uh, it's five seconds till eight. I hit the broadcast button at eight o'clock. It's the radio in me. It's probably a little. Now, I don't know. You, when we, you get the live stream cranked up, do you wait a couple minutes or do you just start as soon as the stream begins? I start as soon as the stream begins, and there are times where I've been frustrated. It's like, why isn't anybody here to listen to this great message that I? And now it's like, Mike, my wife has said this. She said, Is this about you or about him? Mm. She is a great lady. Mm. I got to tell you, I am so, again, blessed beyond measure. Oh, and, and it's a reminder to be thankful. About you and I, or it's about the messages we're trying to put out. See, I think people leaning on radio and podcasting in these days don't want to turn on what they're seeing on CNN and Fox News. They want to turn on what regular people, everyday people, have to say about the situation. That's why our listenership could be increasing because they want to see the messages out there. Oh yeah, and it's and it's. I couldn't agree with you more. I think it's a fantastic idea. I think Ed Ed has been talking Ed Delgado of the Caramel Conservative has been talking about this, you know, for a while and my goodness gracious, what a it's a fantastic idea, Alex. I can tell how, can I ask how old you are? I'm uh, only 28 now. So this will you, be the, my, you, this will be the, my 29th Easter. Oh my goodness. Well, I tell you what, I'm sure excited and I'm I'm a little jealous that you get to do what you do for a living. Producing but I'm also radio is just is, is one of a kind. It's a different kind of animal, to be honest with you. Yeah, that would make a great interview right there. I mean, you're behind the scenes. 
making sure that the controls are adjust. It's kind of like what's going on you, the, this thing with uh, with uh, the video you showed. Yeah, well, and I, uh, I, what I was, I, I, and I was sitting with my wife yesterday. I said, you know, it'd really be cool. Go stand in front of our local hospital and just start applauding. Yeah. Well, is that happening just, in Iowa or not really? No, no. And then what she said was you'd probably be standing there a long time by yourself. And I said, I don't know. Maybe yes, maybe no. Well, so if I do, I do. What's what's wrong with just – I'm not doing it to draw attention except to those people that are on the front lines. And then she was talking about, yeah, but my brother's working at a meatpacking factory, and they don't get any kudos. And I said, but see, there it is. It's, these people aren't asking us to worship them. They are just doing their jobs. They're very humble and actually brought to tears when they see the outpouring of love. Um, it's not hey. like, oh, great, thanks for applauding. We, we They're like, no, we don't deserve this. We're just doing our jobs. And I kind of like those kind of people. Like, no, I don't deserve the applause because I'm just doing my job. But yet everyone else around them sees them as something different and, and better than that, which is great. Amazing. There is something so much to this. Just all of what's going on, and like you said, you know, I hadn't really stopped to look at the timing of this, but there, it is. It, to, what you're gonna do when your numbers up? What if, what if somebody finds out they've got this, and and or, or they find out they've got stage four cancer? Right, right. Where's well, the Where's the hope? Well, I know you supply it every day on Radio Hope, and we're gonna turn to you at nine a.m. Eastern, and. Uh, uh, also, I'm going to have Rene grown on just after you. He's a Yankee advisor. And he was, nice. He was, you know, pretty much uh, saved by George Steinbrenner after graffitiing outside Yankee Stadium. And now he's oh. been a whole life 40 years later uh, showing his life back as a kid being brought in by Mr. Steinbrenner into the Yankees family. It's pretty incredible stuff. So if you have a chance to listen before the show, oh. it's great. And then um, also – Sunday for Easter, I'm, if you're going to go live, I might bring you on for a minute then, too. I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow yet, but that's TBD, as they say. But on Sunday, I'm playing, I'm playing Paul Winter. He's the Paul, he has the consort at St. John the Divine, which is where I always go every Easter since I was six months old or a few months old my dad and my mm -hmm. mom. And so I'm going to play some of his music that he plays through the cathedral. I'm going to play some of it. On Easter Sunday for the St. John the Divine parishioners that may or may not know I have a podcast, but they'll hear some of what what Paul is doing um, during this quarantine through his music. So. And on uh, actually on Sunday, um, I'm having this gentleman from Spain. His name is Myers McKee, and he will be doing uh, an Easter sermon on Sunday morning live from Spain, and I'm really excited about it. I I I haven't really, you know, listened. What what's that old saying? I'd rather see a sermon than hear one. Maybe that's what God would have us be about right now and showing lo his love for others in this chaotic, very dark for for many 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 of us time. Well, I'm I don't know, I'm just to hear that cuz I know that he's Irish and he went from Ireland to Spain. Is that what happened? I mean, I know he has he's an Irish pastor, isn't he? Well, he's actually an, he's an evangelist. Now, he did call me a buck Egypt on more, more than one occasion, and we've actually had him uh, here in Boone a couple of times when we, I was at the radio station. We did a, a yearly radio rally, and it was a packed house. Very interesting gentleman. 
Um, and I'm hoping to bring him more into, uh, you know, this whole this whole podcasting thing, this the amazing way that we can get messages within a matter of microseconds. Right. Yep. Yep. To the world is uh, it's it's gone. It's it's a little bit of revelation stuff in there, isn't it? Huh. I have to uh, kind of sort of deeper on that one. Oh, and tomorrow, what is what is on your show tomorrow? Just me. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, you know what? Sometimes just saying what you feel like you want is on your heart is also great. I mean, sometimes I'm like, man, I really want that guest. But if I don't have him or her, I realize, well, then there's something I want to talk about, too. So that's always a good thing as well. Well, I try to be my, my own best guest, I guess. Guest, 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 guest. <laughs> uh, we talk a lot. All right. Well, I'll let you get back to Radio Hope Preparation, and we'll be listening at 9 a.m. Eastern on your channel. Oh. And uh, I'm going to go now to Ray Negron. So, Mike Myers, thanks for joining me today. Well, thank you so much for having me on. Really appreciate it, Alex. God bless. And uh, listeners, you can get used to this because I think I'm going to do this every day and have Mike on either before my interviews or after as a pre prelude to his show. So can't wait for this kind of experiment right. I'm doing and seeing how it goes. Uh, Mike, thanks for joining. Thank you very much. And bye. Indeed, bye-bye. And indeed, right now, Ray Negron and I actually did an Instagram Live video yesterday, and I'd like to play you how that interview went down. Ray, um... How are you? Number one, how are you? Number one, I'm doing good. I've been working from home the last two weeks already. So I was in the city, as you might have known, for about three weeks, you know, throughout the rest of all of March. Right. And now I'm just home working and doing what I can from home. So thank God for that. Well, it's good to be on your show, the Alex Garrett Show, and it's nice to be on. And, uh, you know, hey, you're you're a well-loved figure. You are... I, I, I don't watch you, but I listen to your shows at the radio station with Joe Piscopo and all the other great Cam McCauley, yeah. Cam McCauley you know, all those guys. And it's a wonderful show, and they're lucky to have such a great uh, producer as yourself. Well, uh, thank you. I just keep at it. I mean, I've got my own system here on this laptop to produce from home, so it's pretty incredible. How are you doing? I know that you've been going through. you got a couple sons in the as first responders, and we can wait for more to join, but... Start telling your story. Tell us what's going on with you, how you've been through all this. Well, um, the, the number one thing is worry about my boy. They're out there working all the time. And uh, I'm nervous every night. I call them uh, when they're on duty. I speak to my oldest son more because he works from 12 to 7 a.m. So at three, 2, 3 in the morning, I'm calling him just to make sure he's okay. Well, how, did, how, is his, how is his demeanor? I mean, being a first responder right now has got to be so tough out here. My sons are cool as Kool-Aid, these guys. That, that's what worries me is that they're too cool. Okay. You understand? They, they don't let anything bother them. You, they, 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 that's probably why they're such good poker players, you know? They know how to play. And, uh, it is what it is. Well, this generation, as you know, is very invincible. I mean, a lot of kids still went to spring break while all this was going on. But clearly, even the Yankees, who you work for, is abiding by the stay-at-home rules. So that is working right now, this mitigation that we're dealing with. Well, you know more than anybody. I mean, you're 
Right. I, I got you now, Ray. You're here. You're here. Okay. And so, and so what happened was I went over to the Dakota to drop off. You know, John Lennon lived in the Dakota okay. on 72nd Street and the west side. And so I went over there to drop off Reggie's telephone number and all that, but we ne- you know, we never heard from him, mm. you know. Well, you were definitely influential in that story of the both of them and then you were in the middle of it all. It's just You had that kind of life, right? You were in the middle of a lot of different situations, which, um, you know, I'm sure people are, would be envious, you know, or envious or, or want to know more about. It. I mean, you talk about it in Bat Boy, but those on Instagram that may not be following as closely, give us a little background on the story. Well, you know, I just was always at the right place at the right time, or maybe the the, the wrong place at the wrong time. You know what I'm saying? It depends on on how you're looking at how you're looking at it, but. Um, it's just uh, let me let me just say that uh, I had some I had some moments. Uh, my moments with the great Frank Sinatra was, is something that I'll always cherish. Right, right. Because, because if you walk into uh, Patsy's and you go to the second floor of Patsy's, then you see the the portrait that they keep there of Frank Sinatra, Sammy Davis Jr., Billy Martin, and myself. Right. And, you know, I mean. To have something like that in such an establishment, you know, it validates hmm. that that I'm not dropping a bunch of BS on you. You know what I'm saying? Well, and, no, and you know what else and, I can tell is your heart. You have so much heart when you tell these stories 40 years later. Well, it's just that uh, I know that I've been blessed, hmm. you know, to, to have met you 20 years ago. I knew that I was blessed and I knew and I loved the relationship that that was established between you and George Steinbrenner, you know what I'm saying? I thought that that was one of the most lovely things I've ever seen. You know, uh, uh, the most powerful man in sports, you yep. and, and this little boy with one leg and a, on a roller skate, mm. and, and you know what? And you were the boss's pal. Mm. And he was proud of that relationship, you know what I'm saying? And I love that. Well, you know, it's funny, and I can't believe it's 20 years, first of all. That is just, where did time go? That is out of this world but you know he actually said that exact thing in the book of wit we had all these baseball signatures from all these different players like reggie like uh craig Nova, i think tommy john others well george simon had a spot in the book too and he literally signed to my pal sincerely george simon so uh-huh. you channel him right there because that's exactly what he said in my in my book that i have to this day uh i, I you know what uh, I'm glad that you had that time with him and that you got to know a man who, you know what? The one thing about George Steinbrenner is that he he was so good to the common person. Mm-hmm. You know, the, he, he was so good to the lesser than. And he, treat, hey, and he treated us better than he would treat royalty. Oh, no, he really did. He and did. that's what I loved about him because... The royalties or the people of substance per se, he it wasn't hard for him to tell them where to go. Mm. You understand? Right. Whereas, whereas, whereas he just he he treated us more like royalty than the royals. Well, because he saw. Um, well, actually, I saw a documentary on George Steinbrenner, which you were featured in in Yankeeography, and in uh, the you know the quote was that I have to remember now, but it was basically. 
he was best to everybody. You know, it was just amazing to see his work. And I love how Yes Network documented all his contributions outside of baseball. It's it's something that is it, more than just you and I. It's a whole network of people. Well, you know, it, it, it really is. And I hope that the Yankees, per se, that that, that unique quality of how they deal with uh, the community, that, right. that, never, that that never changes. You know what I'm saying? Because that, that was something that he started and that he was very proud of. Well, I know I'm sure the community efforts have been a little slowed down by this, but there is no doubt, Ray, that in 2001, when when 2001 happened, the Yankees were out there in full force supporting our men in blue, our firefighters. They were out there in the community. And now you're seeing them do these Instagram videos and Facebook videos. They're just as much in the community, even if they're staying at home. It's really interesting and great to watch. Well, tell me, tell me what it is. Because, uh, explain to me what's going on. Well, I've seen Aaron Boone do a lot of videos saying we want to thank our first responders. I think I've seen Glaber do a few things, Giancarlo Stanton. I mean, the community feel, while we're all kind of closed up here, is not got away from the Yankees. And I, I just wish when people say, oh, the Yankees are this and the other, they understand that they're more than just a baseball team. They are an organization that really does do outreach for their community. Well, you know, that's there's nothing phony about that. Uh, I mean, when when you hire people to do just that, then you know you got to take it. You got to take that that role very very serious. Right. And and I think that uh, the people that do run this for the Yankees that they do a very fine job in that respect. You know, yeah, and I think that it's important. The people like uh, hey, you know, like uh, Debbie Timon, you know, she's in there. I mean, all, all you guys are doing amazing job have you talked to a lot of players last time we saw each other with a Thurman Munson dinner with Glaber have you talked to Glaber since then uh, I speak to Glaber every couple of days and uh, I speak to Gio as a, as, a ma- as a matter of fact I'm actually uh, working on a book right now entitled The Boss The Bad Boy and The Gigi Men wow okay you have any idea what that means The Boss The Bad Boy and The Gigi Men well, Mr. Simon was the boss. Right. Uh, you were the bad boy. Right. You don't know who the Gigi men are. You have to fill me on that. Glaber Torres okay. and, Gio, and Gio Ursula. You get it? Do you get it? Well, what do you guys have in common? I'm curious now what you feel their common connection is. No, because the book is, is about how George Steinbrenner helped this kid out, took him out of the streets. Uh, leaving, in essence, desirables that he used to hang out with, and he made something out of the kid. And in turn, all he asked for was that as time progressed, that he would, in essence, give that over or teach the younger players the importance of giving back. And two guys that are very close to my heart who have never said no to me in going to schools and hospitals is Gio and Glabar. You know, they have been wonderful. They go to the schools in the Bronx, and and I love going to the schools in the Bronx because, you know what? Yeah. I defy the odds in going in. I don't care how many gangs and all that kind of stuff are there. I'm, I'm you know, I, we are there to, in essence, let the kids know that, we love you no matter what, and we want to we want to show you we want to show you the light at the end of the tunnel. 
so that you know you can go through and you can make it. Amen. Well, and I got to tell you, one school that you guys visited that's very close to my heart is the Henry Viscardi School. And you've had a connection with Joe Salonica for a while now with Steve Vaccaro. But you were able to get Glaber to the Viscardi School on our annual sports night. What was that like? What was that experience like? It was great because there was a, a oh, you better go get a, a checkup. Don't, don't even, don't, don't, I'm good, I'm good. Hey, hold on, let me put on my, wait, hold up. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, man, we got to do this for us. Anyway. Anyway, uh, the Viscardi School was very important because they have kids with all different types of diseases. And this was going to be a challenge because I wanted to see how Glabar was going to handle that. And, and so what happened was there was a little boy who all he had was the upper torso. And, right, Christopher Alvarez, my buddy. Okay, yeah. upper torso, little hands. And, uh, you know, and Glabar went in and became friends with that kid and hugged the kid and gave him his telephone number, you know what I'm saying? And I said, does this mean that you guys are buddies now? And Glaber says, you better believe it. And I I thought that that was very, very sweet, you know? Well, and Christopher's a fighter. I mean, he's been through a lot. And when I saw that picture, it was like, wow, the Yankees truly get it. Ray truly gets what, what this is about, what that school is about, and what life is about, too. Well, you know, the one thing that... Uh, the one thing that I do miss a lot, though, is I used to love to be able to accomplish the, the toughest of the tough situations in the Bronx and Brooklyn and then be able to get that little pat in the back from George Steinbrenner. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And, I, yeah. and I, I, I'm going to be honest. Uh, I, I, I miss the pat in the back from him. I don't need a pat in the back. No, no, I don't need it, okay? But I loved it when it came from him. It was, it was, it was like a godly thing. You understand? Well, do you feel? I feel like he's with us to this day, patting us on our backs, anyhow. But I get what you're saying. The physical touch is not there. We miss him. You know, it's just. Hey, it was the boss, man. You know, it was the boss. He was, he was bigger than life. He really was. Now I don't know if you remember this story. But I had a tendency of jumping in and out of the suite. But you don't know, I was in the suite with George Steinbrenner a lot of the time. I mean, almost every game my dad and I went up there for the game, he had us up in the suite. But Ray, one time, he was tired of me jumping in and out of the suite to my dad and his desk. He's like, all right, what are you going to be? Either here or outside. Pick your, pick, you know, make your choice. So he kind of knew I was all over the place, and I kind of liked that he, this is only the Yankees understood my quirks, which is very cool. But then I'm like, you know what, I'm going to stay here. And being around that round table probably was the most life-changing, life-altering, meaningful thing up until that point for me that it was, I remember to this day. Well, you you had special privileges. And, and, and you know what's funny? The one thing that I learned from you, here's a little kid, 10, 11, 12, 13 years old, and there were certain people that were very jealous of you. And you didn't even realize how jealous these... I had no idea. ...these schmucks were. Okay, because what? I mean, what were you going to... What were you taking from them? 
but they hated the fact that you had the boss's affection. Mm. Because the one thing that these idiots didn't understand right, was that, hey, they worked for him. You didn't work for him. You was his friend. You was his pal. Right. Okay? And, and that's a difference. So for those people, if they want to give up their $100,000 salaries and just be his pal, then do it. I didn't, I didn't see them volunteering that. Right? Right. But you know, one thing is, and there's still a few there that, are, that get to the spirit of Dirk Steinbrenner at the stadium. They still have a few there that get it. You're one of them, of course. But you know, I remember when there were stories of him still paying salaries, still paying certain benefits if he did not let someone go or something. He would still care for that family. It wasn't like, oh, you're fired and that's it, or we're letting you go and that's it. It was like, no, we're going to still get, take care of you because you're family. So I thought that was a pretty admirable thing to do. Well, that, that was the boss. That's the way he was. And uh, you, didn't, you didn't have to work for the boss to get, to get a little envelope when your family was in need. Because if he found out that somebody was in need, we used to call it the magic envelope. Because all of a sudden he had somebody delivering and he would get the address of the people and then he would have somebody to deliver it and that was it. Now, would you say it was your experiences prior to me, you know, your experience through all this or was it Mr. Steinbrenner watching him be in the community? What inspired your community outreach? Where did that No, told, it, it told, it's a promise that I made him in, in 1973-74 when I used to say, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And he said, don't thank me. Just do the right thing by your people. Mm -hmm. And and later on, he would say to me, I need you to be more in with the people of the Bronx because that's what you, he said, I can't ask anybody else in my organization to do that because right. they, didn't, they didn't live there. You come from there. You come from some very tough scenarios. So I want you to, in essence, do the right thing and, and just, hey, be my eyes and ears. He used to say to me all the time, you have to be my eyes and ears. Wow. And so and, that's why you were saying that was. Well, and you can say with all these connections with the hospitals, we'd see videos of the players going into the hospitals. I'm sure you helped with those arrangements in the Bronx. I mean, those are some powerful images of these Yankees who, you know, 27 world time champions – but they don't act like they act like they are just as part of you and me, and I love that about this team. You know, it's just that we're all people. Mm -hmm. Like, look at what's happening right now with this whole coronavirus thing and all of that. And I keep telling people that it's an equal plane right now. Right. It's an equal plane because this thing don't give a a damn whether you're rich or poor, black or white big or small, it doesn't right. care. It's just, it's going to bite you in the ass whenever it gets a chance to. It you know what I'm saying? And it's killed a lot of lives. I mean, there's no doubt about that, too, and we have to be extra careful. Well, um, all, all, all you got to do is look at, look at my Instagram posts. There's a nurse on there, a friend of mine, and she, uh, literally, ha she had to help wrap six bodies, six bodies in sheets and put them in ice mm. a couple of nights ago, okay? That, and, that, and that's the bottom line. And this is what's going on over there. Ray, I got to ask you, though, because there are some people, a lot of people looking for hope right now and for 
an uplifting message, which you've always had, okay? You've always had that. So have you been thinking about ways to uplift people during this? Like, what, have, what is your plan to get people through COVID? Because you've got a lot of encouragement you can offer. No, hey, you know what? We It's the most important thing of all right now is that we have to take it one day at a time. One, don't, don't think about next week, next month, or next year. Think about now. Think about today. Think about the people that you're sharing your your home with in this crazy, uh, whatever you want to call it, whereas we have confinement. Okay, now, now you know what, now, believe it or not, you know what house arrest is like. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now, this is what house arrest is. But at the same time, did you ever read the diary of Anne Frank? I have. I should read that clearer, but no, I have not fully. See, I'm, I'm, a, I'm ashamed of you. Because you, sh- you should have read the diary of Anne Frank when you was in school. All right? And, you, and when people tell me how how messed up they feel and how ha- how hard they have it, I start to scream at them. I charge to scream at them. And I tell them, Mother Lover, do you understand what a young girl named Anne Frank and what she, she had to hide in an attic for two years. Hide in an attic for two years with very, very little food. Very little food. All right, two years. You understand? Yes. In very, very, very hot weather and very, very, very cold weather. So please, this is crap that you're going through right now. This is nothing. The only thing that I ask is be careful that you don't catch the virus. Right. Other, other than that, come on, man. Just take it for what it is. You got cable, you got cable TV. She didn't. Well, we have a lot of luxuries that Anne Frank did not have, and we do take that for granted 1,000% of the time. Whereas I do feel like people who are at a disadvantage always come out of it more grateful than those who aren't. And I think I'd encourage those who maybe not don't always flex the gratitude muscle to go to the Games for Physically Challenge, where kids with disabilities are participating every year. Where, where you're seeing they don't they don't care about the future. They just want to do things now because that's that's their survival. And watching them overcome is such an inspirational thing as a volunteer to this day. And you see it too in, in the Bronx and elsewhere. Well, you know, nothing is promised to us. Okay, nothing is promised to us. All I know is like when I, uh, I've learned so much by being your friend because I've never seen you act like you were at a disadvantage. And to me, you're, you're at, at an advantage because of the, the kind of heart that you have. You have the greatest heart I've ever seen in an individual. You know what I'm saying? I love it. I love it. Thanks, so, That's the bottom line. I know I've been highly influenced by my folks, by Ray, by Mr. Steinberg. There's so many I can think in this video because it, it, it's, it's a team effort. And, of course, the doctors and nurses who are all um, applauding every night. By the way, have you been part of that 7 p.m. cheer? I think it's such a cool thing to watch the city just cheer and really lift up the nurses and doctors' spirits these days. Oh, no, that's beautiful. It's beautiful that that happens. And at the same time, 
I like to cheer when no one else is cheering because mm. I don't want, I don't want that cheering to end. You understand? No, I get you. And you know, I was thinking about this. Doctors have been doing this their whole life. They've been saving lives and working to save lives their whole life. It's just now they're getting a lot more attention. But I get it. We should celebrate them every day, even not during a pandemic. Well, you know, uh, I've been lucky to have such good friends, especially in the last year. Uh, I, I developed a, a great relationship with my friend Gil Costanza or Casenza. Someday I'll learn how to say his last name. Hey, Gil. Yeah. And uh, because he, you know what, he, he has the kindest heart. He has such a kind heart, such a good person. And uh, even though he's a part of the mafia, he's still great. You know, Gil, I'm just kidding, Gil, just kidding. Take it easy, sonny. Yeah. Man, when I get you on, I have a disclaimer. The views and the expressions are not of me, but of my guest, Rick Nacro. Oh, thanks. Put it on me. He gave me the script. It's Aaron the script. Uh, this is great. So, uh, always calling Sammy, whoever that is now. But, uh, <laughs> no, it's, uh, there are some good people in your circle, too, like Steve Vaccaro, like, um, so yeah, the problem, the, the, pro the problem with Steve Vaccaro is that he's, he, I mean, he just doesn't stop eating. And I never understand what the hell he's talking about because he's got food in his mouth all the time. And so now with this whole, uh, uh, coronavirus thing, I have to keep away from him because the food keeps <laughs> thrown out, and, and, and I gotta be careful that one of those particles don't land in my eye. He's doing, an amazing, I'm done. He's doing an amazing job, though. If you've been watching his Instagram, it's done amazing stuff, or in Facebook, too. He is amazing. Steve then, is amazing. And you both produced this show, and this kind of where I wanted to angle it to. What, what's up with Bad Boy? I mean, you're, you had to cancel nine shows, which is just unbelievable and tragic. But you guys are on the rebound, right? You're going to rebound from this like anybody else will. Uh, I'm going to start showing parts of Bad Boy uh, on Instagram. Like uh, every, I think like probably every Monday we're going to show, or on the weekend maybe, we're going to show like uh, scenes from Bad Boy and uh, the great talent that's involved. I mean, we have some, we have right, we have some some Broadway actors and some film actors and some major league, former major league uh, athletes, baseball players like Mickey Rivers. Right. So it, you know, to to do a show like that is incredible, and uh, it's something that I, I'll, I'll never forget because I I, I achieved my dream of, of having my play done. Right, and, and I, I, I am forever grateful to Chaz Palm and Terry because he's the one that pushed me to do it. Oh wow, he's a good man, and he has on Joe Piscopo a lot too. And you guys know each other; all three of you know each other. So, well, has he given you a lot of guidance with this, or what was his? All, all the time, he, you know, like number one, the most important guidance that he gave me was not to be afraid, not to be afraid to do it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because most people, when you don't do things in your life, at the end, you say, man, I should have done this or I should have done that. And and I can honestly say that I, that I can't say that because I have tried everything. I have, I wanted to be an actor. I have done probably a dozen films. Uh, I have been co-stars in films. I have produced films, you know, and uh, I wanted to do a play. Uh, we were supposed to do two shows off Broadway in, uh, in July, 
and unfortunately those will be canceled now. And um, but we will be back. The bad boys and I shall return. And I, I just noticed the hat. That's awesome that you're wearing. Listen, we have to get the only merchandise that I want to see is the coronavirus vaccine, whatever that may be, yes, that's so, so, so that we can go on and do the, the right thing. Right now, uh, I don't want to even talk about merchandising or anything like that. You know, I, I, I hate it because the only thing that matters is for us to get our world back. Yep. We have to get our world back. This is not the world that I know. This, nope. is, a, this is a science fiction movie that I'm living right now. I don't want to live yeah. science fiction. I want to... I want to live a musical. You understand? Yes. That's yes. what I want to do. Well, speak you know? into existence, brother. That's what I like to say. Speak that into existence. Right. Uh, but I do know, you know, you just mentioned your movies. And Bottom of the Ninth, uh, is that streaming where people can watch it online? I mean, can people pick that up? Bottom of the Ninth was, the, believe it or not, was the number one film on, uh, on all airline flights. I don't know how it happened, but it happened. Okay. And, you know? And so... I would get people calling me from airports all around the world. Hey, I saw you and I saw you in Bottom of the Night. Wow. Hey, I didn't know I didn't know you did that movie. Hey, you know, and it was where, where are you in Bangladesh? You know? hey, they got to follow you because you actually post a lot of teasers when you're in a movie with Bottom of the Night. Now, so I've seen a lot of those promos. So you're very good at getting the word out about that. Well, you know, the movie that I actually want to get out there at this time. As I produced a film a couple of years ago named Henry and Me. Oh yeah. It was an it, it was an animated film, uh, starring Richard Gere, Chas Palminteri, Danny Aiello, Cindy Lauper, Louis Guzman. I mean, quite a few people. And uh, I just uh, I want to show it now to the children because an animated film, so I want the kids to see it. Right. A lot of kids. This, this new generation of kids have not seen Henry and me, so I gotta bring it out. You do. Oh, Hank Steinbrenner is in that film. Hank Steinbrenner is very, very good as the voice of his father. Mm. Well, you know, you just made a book about that too, Henry and me. It was a, a, a book as well, so you've been, and that just made an elevation into movies, which is great. And uh, I, where can people find that if they want to watch Amazon. Go, go into Amazon. You can okay. find it on Amazon. You can find it. Oh, you can find all my books on Amazon, you know, uh, the, especially the last one, uh, uh, Yankee Miracles. Yeah, well, you made a book about that, too. I mean, that's uh, on, on there, too. Hey, Yankee Miracles is being turned into a miniseries. If, when, when we get our world back. Yeah. When we get our world back. But you know what? I think it's good that you're talking about this now. We need to get people looking forward to after this. You know, I, I, any projects you got coming up after, let me know and I'll promote more. Good point. Good point. That's a very good point is that, we, you know, like I said, there is a light at the end of the rainbow. We're going to get our world back. We are going to get our world back. And let's, uh, let's enjoy it. We're going to enjoy it. And you know what? Anybody that doesn't appreciate our world when we come back mm. is a real... Cool guys. I got okay. you. Hey, Ray. All right. Are, are you on uh, Twitter, too? Like, your Instagram is Ray Negron Yanks. What's your Twitter? Same thing. They're all Ray Negron Yanks. You go into any of them, uh, you uh, Ray Negron Yanks. There you and, go. And uh, especially uh, Instagram. Instagram, I post twice a day. 
I know, you're very busy. He's doing baseball drills for us. It's great to see, actually. How about my basketball shots? And basketball, too. Yeah, you're doing it all. Okay, my 25-foot jumper from three-point range. Okay. Look at that one. I did not catch that one. Well, go check it out because I do two shots on there. Okay? Okay. I got to check that out. We should all check that out. Hey, Rick, just to mention Danny Aiello, and I know that this community loved him and knew him very well. Any favorite moment you have with Danny Aiello? I mean, I'm sure there were many. Danny Aiello is one of the great all-time actors. I will miss Danny Aiello forever. We lost him uh, this winter. Yep. And, uh, man, I miss him every day. I think about him. You know, he was such a good friend. Such a good friend. You know, and it, he, there was, he, he never big league me. Even though he was an Academy Award nominated actor, he never big league me. Yeah, and he was also part of the Verizon Children's Charity. I don't know if you remember that charity. Yes. Cousin Bruce would have him on. That's how I first met him. And then he worked on 970 at the radio station for a bit. As a, He did a Sunday show with us for one time. It was cool. Then, of course, he always supported Bat Boy. I mean, he was all over the place. And, of course, I'm forgetting this, he was the uncle of Michael K. Yeah, but you know what? Mm. Better than being the uncle of Michael K., Mm-hmm. He was my friend. That's right. He was my he friend. Was one of our friends, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He 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 was New York man. He was one of the faces of New York. Yes, definitely. And he had that. He's had such a distinct voice too. Was, you knew it was Danny Aiello. No, Danny was wonderful. I'll, I I will never forget him, ever. Ray, you do have all this content out there, and I want to make sure we talk about it a little more because. People need to still be entertained while they're self-quarantined. So, right. is this the best way to get you at Ray Negron Yanks for all your content, or is yes. the website Bat Boy helps? Uh, no, Ray Negron Yanks. Okay. Okay, that's when you see you see what I'm doing every day on uh, on in, on Instagram more so. You know, you see what I'm doing. I li- I like to the people that care. So in essence, you know, watch what I'm doing, and uh, I'm trying to be a, a, a leader. I'm trying to be an example, mm. and and I'm trying to in essence show certain people that I appreciate them and that I appreciate life. And that appreciation, I mean, those scenes in Bat Boy just show how appreciative you are of all the chances you've gotten. And it's when we get back up and running, I highly encourage people to check it out. I hope the army. Uh, Army date is set at some point too. Once this whole thing's done, because I know West Point was about to air Bat Boy. Yeah, but I, I sincerely doubt we'll we'll get a chance because of scheduling. That was an opening that was there at that time. Okay. Understand? So between the aspect of scheduling and everything else, you got to remember that everybody's like backlogged on everything that they were going to do. So. That was a, an opportunity that came and left. And uh, I'm, I, you know what? I'm okay with it because we got to do the show over at Fort Hamilton. Hamilton. It was amazing. Yeah. What was that like? I mean, you know, Mr. Steinbrenner had this military appreciation. He literally had Military Appreciation Day, which I think still goes on. But he loved our military, and I just felt you doing that show was such a tribute to not only the military but to him because of his respect for the military. So it was, it was a great night. It was a great night, and it was great. And I discovered three nephews 
who are serving, and uh, they were there that night. So I got to see them for the first time in my life. I remember, I said, yeah, yeah, I remember that. You were talking about that. So. Oh, it was, it was, it was incredible. One of, it, it was one of my highlights. Well, uh, it, it was for everybody. I mean, that night you had Danny singing about, you had Sal. I mean, Sal was, and everybody sold the show that night. So it was great. Sal Valentinetti, one of the all-time greats as far as singing is concerned, and one of the all-time great people. He's such, he's so much fun. So much fun. Hey, you know, you just mentioned something about, you know, uh, that clicked in my brain. During this quarantine, um, what have you learned about yourself? What have you learned about life? I mean, is there anything that you've taken away from this quarantine so far that you didn't know uh, being in the hospital possible? That, that I haven't accomplished nearly, not, I haven't accomplished 90% of what I still want to do. Hmm. There's so much that I still want to do, and this confinement uh, prevents me, you know what I'm saying? So I, I do the best I can to try to sneak through and do something constructive each day. Each day I want to do something good. It's important. Mm. And that also includes, it. so my stepdad actually made way for an elderly lady at the supermarket not too long ago. Those little deeds matter in this time of, of crisis. Absolutely. A little a little boy who had cancer once said to me, Mr. Negron, if I do one good thing a day, will I go to heaven? And and when he said that to me, it was like incredible because he knew that he didn't have long to live. And six months later, that little boy died. And I and I said to myself when they told me that he had passed I said to myself, God, I don't have to ask you. I know that you were holding the door open for him to go in so that he could be with you. You understand? Yes, I, under, I definitely understand that. And how old was he? He was nine years old. And it's kind of, it's such wisdom, or I don't know how to say it, that he knew about heaven at nine years old. That's so deep. Like, that's deeper than what we can even think about sometimes. I always say that the kids are smarter than the adults. Mm. I mean, kids never got us into a, into world wars, okay? Right. It, right. Adults do that. All right? Think no, about that. You're a thousand percent right. Well, Ray, this has been a real, real honor. And by the way, I wanted to bring this up uh, because the, the Bat Boy wasn't the only thing that we did together. The Paradise Theater was an incredible night, too, in 2006 with The Boy of Steel, which was your first big campaign, to, you know, book and everything, and that was a success as well. Well, that's, you know, that's that's a continuation of Bad Boy, okay? Because it, had I not done that, I would not have been prepared to do this. You understand? So it, it was all one and the same. It was a beautiful time, and you were there, and you're still there, and I love it. And I love you, Ray. So thanks for joining me tonight and on the podcast, which will air on Friday. Uh, yeah, it's, it is Easter weekend. How big has your faith played in your life? Uh, look at what I've lived. Mm. Look at what I've lived, Alex. Yeah. So only a, only a higher power. Mm-hmm could have guided me through all of this okay only a higher power could 
Amen. Get get me to where I've been, and I and I'm not there yet, Alex. I'm not there yet. Every day I'm guided. I'm guided. I'm guided, and I reach. I try to reach. I try to grab the uh, the, the the hand of my higher power all the time, and hope that he he continues to accept me. Mm. You understand? Yes. Yes, I do. It is. Yeah. Um, when he hasn't, that way, he hasn't that way. accepted me yet fully, uh, Alex. You understand? Because there's things I still need to do. I still need to do. And people don't, people do not understand the, uh, they think that I'm crazy sometimes, you know? And uh, actions speak louder than words. So I, 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 I don't, I, I'm to the point now where I don't have to explain myself to nobody. I just got to do what I got to do because my time at my age, my time is extremely, extremely limited and I can't waste time anymore. Nope. And, and, nope. and I'm going to tell you one quick story. Nope. My, I had a grandfather, Joaquin, my mother's father. Mm. And my mother's father was a womanizer. He, he was a drunk. Mm. He was abusive. Uh, you name it. I saw him beat his son. I see. I saw that. Okay. And then one day, for whatever reason, at the age of 65, which to me at that time was ancient. Right. He said, my God, God is going to come for me soon. I better start doing the right thing. And this guy went to uh, he went to Christian school okay became a minister okay got his got his got his minister degree within the year I still have his ring from the from the church that he went to or the school that he went to he thought he'd have a couple of years before he would die okay yes he, he thought he would have a couple of years before he died to do things so that maybe, so that maybe God would take him into heaven. True story. True story. Would you believe that from 65, he lived to 97? Okay. Did you hear what I said? I heard every word. 97. From 65, he lived to 97 and he had his own church. Okay. 75, 85. I mean, how many years is that, Alex? Uh, wait, wait, say that one more time. The math that's thirty. That's thirty-two years, Alex. He got to live thirty-two years as a minister. Did you hear what I'm saying? I hear it all. Yeah, that was his purpose. That was that his was his purpose. That was his purpose. Hey, but I, I, I do you want to hear what he said to me one day? Yeah, tell me. If I knew that I was going to live this long. I think I would have womanized an extra year or two. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> okay, oh, true story. I bet. Hey, you know, Mickey Mantle once w wished he didn't drink as much because he thought he wouldn't live as long as he did. So, uh, we all, life surprises us. We never know how long we're actually going to live. And then when we live past it, it's kind of like interesting how people look back on that. 
Well, you know what? Mickey, Ma- Mickey Mantle once said the most profound thing ever, ever, which was, I- I'm a role model. Don't be like me. Okay? That's what he said. And, and, with, and with that being said, I want a big Adam who's dealing with the coronavirus thing. Okay? And, I, and uh, I, I love Adam. Adam follows me. Supports me. Uh, Big Adam is a friend of my good friend Lenny Carroll, and he's taking care of Lenny after his stroke. He was there for him. And uh, Adam, Big Adam, is one of the great people that I know, and he works for the city. And I know that he wants to get better so that he can go back out there and do what he's supposed to be doing for the city. So, wow. uh, what's he doing for the city? If you don't let me ask. He he, uh, he does like electrical stuff, things like that. You know, I think, I think I, I you know, I'm a, I'm such a bad friend that you know what I should know more about his uh, uh, employment employment. But you know what, it's none of my business, and it's none of your business either, right? It's not. But I okay, stop you. asking questions you you don't need to know about. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Now they brought the essential workers versus non-essential. Those out there right now. A big, big Adam works for Con Edison, by the way. There you go. There okay. You go. Thank you for your work, Adam, and God bless you through the coronas. That's horrible. But, Ray, let me ask you, any word? I saw Teresa was on. Teresa was too. on. I you saw right? that, too. Yeah. So, wait, so why didn't you say anything, you schmuck? Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not good at shout-outs. You're the shout-out guy over here. I'm not the shout-out guy. You understand? I'm hey, not the shout-out guy. Hey, Ray, um, essential workers are going out there, doctors, nurses. You have two essential employees as sons. What encouragement that you give them would you give people out there right now on the front lines, be it medically, first responder, police, fire? What's your message right now for those people? Hey, you know what? It's just please be careful, okay? And and selfishly, and selfishly, my children, I love you so much. Please be very careful. My two boys who are out there, and and, and I'm scared. I'm scared crapless for you every day. I mean, I'm so scared that I go to sleep wearing a pamper, okay? That's how, that's how scared I am. All right. Uh, my, I know. My, I don't doubt that. I mean, that is, it's not fun when you have people out there working. No, it's, it's not. I mean, my my son John Eric, he where he works uh, the uh, the graveyard graveyard shift. So I call him at one, two. I know he gets pissed off, but he won't tell me that. But I could tell in his voice, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's and Ricky, how is he doing? Ricky, uh, Ricky is you know he. Ricky, if he wasn't a police officer, he would be an assassin. Okay. <laughs> because he's uh, he he's got this he's got the coolest demeanor that I've ever seen. What what a poker player he is. Oh, you mentioned that. Yeah, you told me that. You so. can't you can't tell this guy if he's happy, if he's sad. He just does his thing, man. Mm. And you gotta love him for that, right? By the way, Adam just told us he's in his 14th day of quarantine. Let's pray for him because he needs prayers as well. So, Adam, we pray for you tonight as you deal with this. This is not a funny joke anymore. You know, a lot of people, Ray, made stupid memes about it early on because they thought it was like some more phenomenon. But when it became reality, the situation and the tone has gotten really serious. 
and I am happy about that. I think we need a serious tone to combat this whole epidemic pandemic right now. Uh, you know what we need? Mm. I'm going to be honest with you. And, and people won't do it. Number one, what is the most powerful word in the world? The most powerful word in the world. What is it? I would say love. Thank you very much. You're a very smart young man. That's why I'm going to slap the hell out of you for messing this up for me. Okay? But yes, you're right. Love is the most powerful word in the world. And think about if the whole world, every human being, every human being mm -hmm. decided to take 15 seconds mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and just say, all you need is love. All you need is love. All you need is love. Da -da 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 -da. All you need is love. Da -da 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 -da. All you need is love. 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 You, you, whatever the line is. Okay, if we did that for 15 seconds, mm -hmm. the whole coronavirus thing would be over. I think we can fight this thing with love. I agree with you on that one, for sure. Yeah. I do, you know, I, Instagram may not know this, but my dad and I have been doing Bible verses every night. And, of course, he's in his 80s, so I can't really see him right now. And I miss him dear a, a lot. But I'm glad that we're still able to connect via the phone. So I'm happy about that. Why, does your father have corona? No, he doesn't. But I don't want to risk it because I've been in the city for, for all these months. So. Okay, uh, what, what, is your father there watching? No, he doesn't have Instagram. He doesn't? Okay, well, you know what? Get him an Instagram account, all right? <laughs> uh, but what was I talking about? Uh, just how my dad's quote-unquote nasty and all that stuff. Uh, oh, you know who joined us? The great Robert Narvez. Robert Robert Narvez was, was with uh, New Era. Uh, Robert Narvez was, was with Spalding. Robert Narvez was with... Uh, that other company that with the apparel company, what's it called? New, uh, New Era? Under, 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 Armour. Under, Armour. Under Armour. I mean, he has worked for every manufacturer. I think he wears every part of his clothing is from a different company. Okay? Awesome. Um, I mean, I don't think he's ever paid for any clothing in his life. All right? <laughs> but, hey, one of the great people ever. And, he, and he's got... The most beautiful little girls. His daughters are so beautiful. So, Robert Nuttabest, thank you for tuning in. Yes, thank you, Rob, for joining us. Uh, and we're looking... Reminds me, this reminds me, we did a radio show together, too, on WPAT. We've done a yes. lot of different mediums. Holy crud, man. Yes. Yes. I uh, WPAT days, actually. WPAT is one of the great stations, and uh, and that's all I got to say. Hopefully we'll have to on the radio someplace. You never know. Well, uh, for, for you people out there, just know that every Monday and every Friday at 7 p.m., Rain Negron Yanks, I read to the children one of my the children's book, and uh, I will be doing that uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow is Friday? I, yeah. I lose the time. Tomorrow okay. is Friday, yep. Tomorrow at 7 o'clock, I will be reading one of my books. So... Well, this is very timely, an interview, you know, a conversation just to get the word out that you're keeping people occupied during this time with some uplifting content. So thank you. Oh, wait. On Wednesday uh, and Saturday, I do a show with uh, Alex Katz. Alex Katz of the Kansas City Royals. Oh, he's, wow. the, he's the left-handed pitcher. Used to be with the 
with the White Sox and the Orioles. And before that, he was a member of Hank Kings, Hank Steinbrenner's sure. youth team. Sure. Well, they were hosted up in the stadium a few times, too. I remember meeting Hank Kings. Yes. Great group of people and great kids, too. So. Great kids. The hell with the people. Great kids. Great kids. Hey, man, I can't get off the line because I have so many memories that you're evoking right now as we talk. For those of you who don't know, Ray has this connection with the Kips Bay Boys and Girls Club. You still do, right? I mean, you have that. Yeah. Hey, you know, just remember what the boss used to say. What was that? The hell with labels. Yeah. Uh, wherever there are kids, I show up to try to help these kids. I don't care with the Boys and Girls Club or, or with 7-Eleven, okay? As long as but there's you, kids, well, I'm there. You invited us up there for a couple times. It was a great environment. The kids were so happy. And I think we even did a few rehearsals there, too. Yes, we did. Time, so, mm-hmm. great. and if yeah. Scott Clark ever watches this, we miss you, Scott. We miss you on ABC Seven. Uh, you were part of that event. Never, never been the same. No, it hasn't, right? Never been the same. Uh, yeah, he's out in Colorado, I think, or something like that. But he was a big part of it. Um, yeah, I think Jim Larich was part of that. Daryl was there, wasn't he? I mean, a lot of those guys came out for that night. So I see that Robert De Niro was on. Uh, was is watching. Bob, good to see you. Or rather, good to say hello to you. Talk to you soon. Hey, Ray, thanks so much um, for that Instagram Live video, and thanks for listening today. Radio Hope, we're going to make that connection even stronger. Today for Good Friday, please be reflected. Today is a day of reflection before celebration on Sunday, so please be, be reflective and be mindful during today's entirety and of course we'll be back i don't know exactly if tomorrow or on sunday for easter definitely sunday for easter as i've got some things i want to play for you uh, as i mentioned earlier paul winter's new new piece out that he sent in his, in his newsletter <laughs> gonna play with it was right in the heart of the cathedral as it would have been on sunday so i want to i want to play that for you i can't wait to hear it myself so stay tuned more content to come Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Have a blessed and reflective Good Friday.